Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our seniors minister, Jack Hall, as he brings today's lesson. I see some proud grandparents back there. Our scripture reader came all the way from Colorado to be with us today, and we're certainly glad to see that family. Seven members of this congregation <clears throat> went to Tennessee yesterday or Saturday to uh, visit Al Morris. And you can seek out who they were and they can tell you about the trip and how happy Al was to see them and what a great reunion it was. And then we have other kinds of people like Joe French. I told Joe that I was coming down to see him this summer and he said, be sure and let me know so I can't be home. <laughs> so uh, I know that you received a much warmer welcome yesterday at Al's. And what I'm going to do eventually is just sneak into Joe's and he's not going to be, he's not going to have any uh, advance notice so he can't uh, possibly leave. It's great to see this crowd today. There is no question that we live in a sinful, sinful world. We have problems wherever we look. This nation is divided politically. We're divided racially. We're divided by income. We're divided by people who seek power and greed. And then on a personal note, we just have those issues that daily keep beating us down. And I'm sure that you have heard, as I have, when a lot of people talk about the society today, it's doom and gloom and despair. I can understand that. But I want to say right up front, and this is the whole point of the message, the family of God need not be filled with doom and gloom and despair. While the world around us may be falling apart, and it may appear that sin is winning out, the truth is Almighty God is still in control. And if we worship Him, we stay truthful to His Word, then the world cannot touch us in such a manner that we have to live in misery. And I would encourage every person in here today, if you are a baptized believer, take great comfort in that. And when you're in conversations about how bad the world is, remind them that there is peace and joy and comfort within the family of God. If you are not yet a baptized believer and you're looking for a way to escape all the slings and arrows of the world,
It should begin with your conversion to Jesus Christ. We read in Matthew chapter 10, verses 21 through 39, Jesus is talking about how much we can trust God, how much we can depend on God, no matter what the circumstances may be. He reminds those that every time a sparrow dies, God knows. He reminds those who are listening to him that even the hairs of our head are numbered. I don't believe that's literal. I think it's a figurative statement to say, God knows everything about us. He knows our weakness. He knows when we need help. He knows what we cry out for even before we cry out. And so we can trust God that all of the doom and gloom in the world doesn't have to negatively affect the Christian. And we can take such comfort in that. We read also in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, that Jesus Christ is not a high priest that is not touched by us, but that he has been tempted in all points like as we. And Jesus says, follow me because I follow God and when God's will is done, all is right with the world. I know that you are as saddened as I am when we hear about multiple killings, people run through crowds with cars and trucks, and it seems like every day there's a new tragedy somewhere. But with Christ, while we would mourn, we know that in Christ, we still have that peace. But it comes down to, have I been converted to Christ? And do I truly trust in Christ? Now let's talk about this word conversion for just a moment or two. The word simply means that we change from here to here. Some people are converted to a particular politician. Some people are converted to a particular stand, whether it be in education or finance or whatever. But people believe this and they are converted to this. Now, what we are converted from is sin. What we are converted to is Jesus Christ. Now, this is critical. We are not converted to an eldership. We are not converted to a congregation. We are not converted to a preacher. 
because human beings are going to make mistakes. And if I'm converted to the preacher, and then the preacher preaches a sermon that I don't like or disagree with, I've kind of lost a little bit of faith because this man has let me down. It's the same with the congregation. If I'm converted to the congregation and someone in the congregation somehow hurts me, then my love toward that conversation is lowered just a little bit. If I have a problem with my brother or my sister, sometimes that problem can lead to being less faithful. But if I'm converted to Christ, and I have an issue with the elders, what would Christ do? What does Christ teach? Because we're converted to Christ. We would seek out the elders, and with love, we would have a conversation about whatever the matter is that's troubling me. The same with the congregation. If there is some kind of problem within the congregation, Christ tells us to go to the brothers and the sisters in love, work it out. I have known people personally who had put such trust in a preacher. They loved them so much and they followed them so closely that when the preacher stumbled, it affected their faith. Brethren, be converted to Jesus Christ. Be converted from sin, from the gloom and the doom and the agony, and be converted to Jesus Christ. Passages are everywhere in Scripture that teach us about conversion. In Matthew chapter 18, in verse 3, it says, Unless we are converted and become as little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. And I ask you to challenge yourself. To whom are you converted? To Christ? To the preacher? To the elders? To the congregation? I pray that it's Christ. Another passage, Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. This congregation cannot blot out any sin. Not possible. Now we can preach the gospel and the obedience to the gospel through the blood of Christ can cleanse sin, but this congregation can't. Our elders can't cleanse our sins. They can teach us properly and lead us in the right direction, but they can't convert us to them. We need to be converted to Jesus Christ, that his blood may cleanse us of sin. In the book of Psalm, through inspiration, David is writing about God the Father. 
And he says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. There it is, conversion. When we preach the gospel, when people who are not in Christ understand the gospel, and they become converted to Christ, they are immersed in water for the remission of their sins, the Lord adds all of us and all of those to the church. And now I depend totally on Jesus Christ. Yes, I love my brethren. I love the elders. I love the preacher, but they're human beings. And at some point in our life, they very well may let us down. But Jesus Christ never will. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6, passages that we've read hundreds and hundreds of times, and you know them well, that we are buried with our Lord in baptism, that we are planted in the likeness of his death, that that old man of sin is crucified by the blood of Christ and we arise a new creature. Now, if I am a new creature, then my life should demonstrate that. It should affect my speech. It should affect my actions. It should be obvious to people that know us that there is a difference. What's the difference? Conversion from sin, worldliness, doom, gloom, agony to the love and saving power of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus trusted completely in the will of the Father. In Matthew chapter 4, again, a passage that we're all familiar with, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and there he is tempted by Satan. He's tempted three times, and his answer every time is the same. It is written. Now, as a new creature... That becomes my new standard for living. When the devil tempted Christ about turning rocks into bread, was Christ hungry? Obviously, he'd been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. It would be a temptation because of hunger to make that happen and eat the bread. But Christ said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, a new creature through conversion, and we now have a new outlook on life. It is written. I want to please my God, and I can do so because God has written down 
the instructions. And all three of those temptations are really a matter of how much does Christ trust God? And that question goes to us. Are we converted to Christ in such a way that we have complete trust in Him? You see, if we do, then it's hard to be filled with doom and gloom and agony. Because I know somehow it's going to be all right. Romans 8, 28. God works all things together for our good. But it's a daily challenge. How much do I truly trust God? In Matthew chapter 26, we all know the story. Jesus separates himself from the disciples. He goes into the garden to pray. And he talks to his father. And he lets God know, <laughs> if there is another way, then let's do it. However, not my will, but your will be done. Three times that happened during that night. And every time, knowing that he was facing the agony of the cross, knowing that it would be painful, difficult, that he would be separated from God, if there is another way, if there is another way, let's do it that way. But nevertheless, thy will be done. And as Christian people, if we are converted from the sin and the despair of this world to Jesus Christ, our Savior, and we trust in him completely, no matter how the circumstances of life may be, then I don't have to worry about this world. I need to worry about my soul. And I need to follow my God through my Savior, Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul is talking to the elders. They're at Miletus. And he tells them that bad times are coming. But he also builds them up and lets them know that there is strength to help them battle these terrible things that are coming. Listen to his words in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 22. I now go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now, if this is Jack Hall, and I'm faced with this situation, and I've already been warned by the Spirit that there's going to be tribulations, trials, and chains, 
I'm not sure I could be too confident in my ability to carry that out. But Paul is not Jack Hall. And listen to how he responds to the knowledge of knowing that in Jerusalem there are going to be chains waiting for him. Verse 24, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. What is important, Paul? Salvation. Preaching of the gospel. And whatever it takes, whatever circumstances may befall me, I really don't worry. I know God is in control and everything will be all right. This next verse. Now indeed I know that you among whom I have preached the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Paul understands that he's near the end of his life. I will never have an opportunity to visit with you again. You will never see me again. But you know what? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't count anything for loss except the inability to preach the gospel. Do we live in a fractured, sinful world? Oh, yeah. Would we like not to have to deal with so much of this fractured and sinful world? I certainly would. What's the answer? To be converted from the world to Jesus Christ. Our reading that was done just a few moments ago, the same man, Paul, who was speaking in Acts 20, is writing in the book of Romans. And he says, there is nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. How much do I trust my Lord? How much do I trust my Lord? Paul, even unto death, and he reminds the Romans of the same thing. Yes, times are hard. Yes, things are bad. Yes, there are tribulations. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. It's going to be difficult. But hang in there because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, we can be aware of the things taking place in the world. We can be empathetic to those who are touched with these shootings and the treatment of children and the battered wives and all of those things. Yeah, we ought to be concerned about them. We ought to care. We ought to pray. 
But we ought to have the confidence that somehow, some way, at some time, God is going to make it right. And I challenge all of us again today, am I really converted to Christ? Or am I converted to this bunch of people that I love so much? Am I converted to Christ? Or am I converted to the preacher? Or to the elders? Let's be converted to Christ. Let's love Christ, trust Christ, and stay away from the doom and the gloom and the agony of the world. That's only really possible through Jesus Christ and being a member of the family of God. Today, test yourself. Ask yourself about your conversion. Do I walk in the footsteps of Christ? Do I know that everything eventually will be all right? If so, I can find the peace and the comfort separate from the agonies of the world. If you've never obeyed the gospel, boy, what a great day it would be to separate yourself from all of this sinful activity that just abounds. Become a member of God's family. Trust in Him completely. Enjoy a great life here and a continued eternal life of glory in heaven. Our shepherds will be down front to assist you as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.